Shut up and invest. What's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Invest. I got the co-pilot in the house. Jay Money, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. We got some interesting stuff to talk about today. We do right, like, like your gear. What's up, bro? You look oh, fancy a, today. We switched positions. I know. I'm usually I'm usually a guy like that, like <laughs> Kevin, and he's usually <laughs> suited up, but <laughs> I came here straight from a meeting and I had to a little bit more dressed up. You inspired me the other day. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you did. You were like, you know what? I need to put the cape on. <laughs> what kind of a meeting? Was it a money meeting? It was. Yeah, it was uh, somebody, an investor for the ALF stuff. So. Oh, yeah. You're going hard. Yeah, I challenged him. He challenged me, yeah. Six months to be able to put an ALF together. So you already had a money meeting 24 hours one. later. Yeah, I already have one, man. So we we're got moving. the money right secure yet? <laughs> I mean, don't know yet. I mean, he's interested, so we'll see. I might need our, our, our uh, guest today to help me <laughs> finalize all the paperwork for that transaction. <laughs> we got Miss Estevez in the house as the guest, as the special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself to people, your market, and what you do? Awesome. Well, Christy Estevez Puentes. I'm a real estate attorney. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about this for a while, so finally our schedule's coordinated. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm a real estate attorney and title agent. So the majority of what I do are helping buyers and sellers when they're looking to buy or sell a home. So as you guys know, in a real estate transaction, you need me to make sure title is clear, mm-hmm. run searches, um, get all the documents together. And make sure everything is properly done so that the buyers can get a property with clean title and the sellers can walk away with their funds. So that's the majority of of the title portion of it. We yeah. do residential and commercial. Um, and then we also take care of real estate related matters like estate planning and probate, which often have property issues attached to them. Yes. I also take care of city and county lien issues by mitigating those liens. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with. Everyone from first-time homebuyers to seasoned investors. We do wholesale um, assignments of contracts, double closings, any kind of creative, creative. creative. as you, as Kevin <laughs> is aware. Creative yes. lending, we find a way. That's always the goal. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Very important stuff. What Break down what probate is for people that are listening and may not know what that term is. So probate happens when a somebody passes away and they have assets that need to be distributed. Everyone, doesn't matter if you have just a car and a bank account, mm-hmm. everyone should have basic estate planning documents, a will, a living will, a healthcare surrogate, a power of attorney, uh, to name the main ones. Mm-hmm. The more complicated your estate is, the more you might need like a trust or other estate planning tools. Um, But there are ways, probate can be costly, right? It's a court procedure. Even if you have a will, you still have to go through probate because the probate is the judge validating the will saying, yeah, Kevin is getting this house per the will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jory is getting the furniture, whatever the case may be. So a will does not negate the fact that you still need to go through probate. But there are tools that you can do during your life to ensure your family doesn't have to go through probate. Yeah. So I like to discuss those with my clients. It saves them a lot of money because probate is expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, I, a range. I, I know everything is different. A range depends on the value of the estate. But for an estate less than a million dollars, the statutory 
rate Mm -hmm. is 3%. So if you just consider, I like to just kind of put it in layman's terms terms for people. If you have one property that's worth $200,000, which is almost non-existent these days, (laughs) 3% is going to be six grand. Mm -hmm. As opposed to certain tools that we can use that are going to be substantially less. When someone passes away, your family should be able to grieve and not have to worry about all of these things that come up. So with proper planning, you can allow that, allow your families to grieve. They don't have to come out of pocket, front money. You know, if you pass away and you have a house that has a mortgage, has an association, even while it's in probate, somebody's got to pay it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not be able to touch the money that was left over from the estate. Right. Let me ask you a question. I mean, this is big. I know that's the reason why we wanted you to come on the show, because when people are investing in real estate, definitely, the biggest fear factor is the legal side of things. Am I getting into something that later on is going to be a headache? And then what do I do once I'm in it to make sure that my family's protected? And, I'll, and like you just said, if something happens to me, what are they going to go through? It can be costly. We just pointed that out. But time-wise, I've been through probates that sometimes take two years. What exactly does that mean? Does that mean while it's in probate, if my grandmother left me her property, her car, and her bank account, we're, obviously we're focused on the properties here on this show, but at the end of the day, I got all that. I can't turn around and sell that two days later, even if she left a will that was prepared by an attorney? Correct. Only in certain limited circumstances might you be able to sell while the property is still in probate. And that's mostly if it's already under contract and it's a homestead property. Because homestead property, meaning the property that somebody was residing in, Mm -hmm. um, offers more legal protection from creditor claims and things like that. But if you can eliminate that problem altogether for your family, at a very, you know, reasonable, it's straightforward. Um, I don't want to say it's easy because it could be done incorrectly very easily. Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody like myself who knows what they're doing, I do it all the time. uh, It's a great way to save your family that extra headache. So in that case, in that scenario, just so that the people listening clearly understand, my grandmother left me that house. She lived in it, but I did not. It's not my homestead. It was hers. I don't really have the money to pay for the association and the mortgage. So I want to quickly sell this thing because there is maybe $120,000 worth of equity. What happens? Like, let's break it down in English. I cannot put that with my realtor under contract just yet. It's no, you can't. Although by law, by operation of law, you're the owner, but you're not the owner on title. On We're paper. saying there's a will. There's a will in place. Yeah, she right? got an attorney. My grandmother got an attorney, place. got a will. Mm-hmm. So I'm showing up with a will saying, hey, I should be able to post this tomorrow because that's it's between right association. She lived in Century Village. So, you know, association there, 55 <laughs> year old community. Three that you have to deal with. It's there. like $400, $500 a month. <laughs> and I can't afford that right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And there's $120,000 in equity there. So, thank you, Grandma. Let me tap into that because I need a vacation. But you're telling me I got to wait. Well, not you, but the government. The government. Well, the state. The state. So, generally speaking, yeah, you're going to have to wait. Um, because of several reasons. Now, 
one thing also that happens, like you're saying, you can't afford those association dues in that case. So what happens? So the association can come and and while it's in probate, start foreclosure, Mm -hmm. which I do also handle and defend um, because that is their right. They're not getting paid. They want the property back. So now you're almost in a race. What's going to happen first? The probate or the foreclosure? When I do them and I bring it all in-house, it's a little bit easier for me because I'm able, I know how to buy time on the foreclosure in order to uh, complete the probate. And if grandma only had a a house, a probate doesn't have to be two years, like you said, so we don't want to scare off people. There are ways to do it um, and streamline it as Mm. much as possible. How fast do you see a streamlined one usually? I've done a probate that is only one property. Mm-hmm. I've done it in 30, 40 days okay. in Miami-Dade County, which well, in Miami-Dade is, uh, <laughs> is an interesting <laughs> Listen, It might be more difficult, right? Miami-Dade? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Broward and Palm Beach can usually be a little bit easier, actually. Uh, Palm Beach is great. but Let me ask a question, too, because, I mean, I deal a lot, a lot of time dealing with, you know, probate properties. I'm dealing with the... With the uh, the siblings who were like fighting with each other because the parents died, right? They're not even grieving the parents that are fighting over a house, right? And like, it's horrible to see. And I have five kids. So what can I do to prevent that from happening when me and my wife passed that they don't have to, even, so they even have a will at times and there's still a fight going on, right? right? So what's the answer of what we can do to make that more clear so there's not this issue of fighting over who has the right to what? Right. So one tool that I really like and I use a lot with my clients uh, who have never heard of it for the most part is called a ladybird deed or an enhanced life estate deed. Ladybird. Yes. Okay. Uh, not sure why it's called ladybird deed, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what it is. Um, I've never heard of this. <laughs> most people haven't. And uh, Florida is one of the few states that actually uses this tool. Okay. Uh, and it's a great way to completely remove the property the house from the equation in a probate. Because remember, probate can involve more than just a house. It could be bank accounts, cars. So I'm not talking about that. But the biggest thing that people usually have, their asset that they want to protect more than anything is their home. Most of us don't have portfolios of properties Mm -hmm. and other things. So they just want, I want my kids to get my house. Mm -hmm. So that is what we aim to protect by using this tool. Okay. You said ladybird deed or it's called an enhanced enhanced life estate deed. Okay, so I come to your office, I got all these kids, right? When I leave here Jerry's got five kids. I do have a lot of kids, yeah. When I leave here, I don't want them fighting like each other. <laughs> That's, that's what Jory's Friday night looks like. Just for ice cream. Every day, every night. What is your advice for me, for me and my wife, of how you know we can set this up? Now, are you just talking about your homestead right now, or this can go on? No, it could be for any property that you own. Okay, so what, what's the advice? What's the steps of what we take to protect this so that my daughter is not fighting with my other daughter? Because they right. fight enough right now. I know they're going to fight when I'm, yeah. <laughs> when I'm gone. So we're going to pretend We're gonna pretend all your kids right now are not minors. No, for they're the like sake old. of yeah, yeah, receiving yeah. property. Yes, let's make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> so what it does, um, it allows, it, it looks like a quick claim deed, right? And that's and just to kind of give some perspective. That's how people come to me. They don't know what they need. They think they want a quick claim deed. And mm-hmm. I want to add my kid to my quick claim deed so that they're also owner of the property. And when I die, it's their property. And I tell them, no, you're not going to do that. And mm-hmm. I explain this, but that's usually their intention. When they come, 
what to go while you're answering Jory's question, why would a quick claim deed adding, which is what everybody usually wants to do, why adding your kids to the title now is not necessarily the way to go versus this lady bird option? Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'll explain that um, while I explain the lady bird deed. Okay. So, like I said, it's a, it looks like a quick claim deed, mm-hmm. right? But it has specific language in it that's different. It basically um, allows the property owner to retain the property for their life to do whatever they want with it. And the title, the transfer of the property does not occur until the property owner has passed away. But it's effective immediately upon their death. So you don't have to go through probate. You don't, I mean, you should have it in a will just to make mention of it Mm -hmm. and make sure it's consistent, but it's almost irrelevant because you've already taken care of that. It's recorded in the public record. That's my question. It is recorded. It is recorded. So there's several reasons why I encourage this as opposed to a regular quick claim deed. Mm -hmm. Number one, when most people come to me, it's regarding their homestead property, the property that they are living in. If you add somebody on title to your homestead property who doesn't live with you, what happens? You lose your homestead exemption mm-hmm. or it gets cut in half. Just to you know, give a little bit, expand on that a little bit, Miami-Dade and Broward County, they're strict. We have so many snowbirds. So they're always looking to see who is committing homestead fraud. And if you add someone on title who does not live with you, you whether you realize it or not, you are committing homestead fraud if wow. you have not... Uh, lowered your homestead exemption to now half of what you would normally get because you're only half owner. So that's one big reason. So there's, there's not a lot of fraud in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Why would there ever be fraud down here? <laughs> and when you come to me with a homestead we're, we're fraud, honest, Hialeah, especially yeah. not real estate. There's no real estate no, fraud. No, Hialeah is, everyone's oh, on yeah, the up and Hialeah, up. Hialeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no efficiencies or any renting out of properties. No, we nothing are, like that. We are standard citizens. <laughs> So that's one reason that immediately I say you're going to mess up your homestead exemption, Mm -hmm. period. And it's fraud, whether you realize it or not. Um, Another reason is a lot of times these people have a mortgage. Yeah. And if you change title, if you convey a property, whether you're just adding somebody to it, it's not like I'm giving my property to you. Even if I'm just adding you, technically, the lender can call up the mortgage and say, you transferred the property. Mm -hmm. Now you owe us all the money. That's not typically what happens, but it is a risk that is real. And I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that never happens, but it can happen. And the one time that somebody is unaware of it is the one time it's it's going to happen. Who's a lot of winner? (laughs) Who's a lot of winner? Um, Plus, if you add somebody to your deed as a quick claim deed, and then now I want to sell it. Well, now, if you're if I added you, Kevin, you got to sign everything. Mm-hmm. You have to agree to everything. It's yours. Also, you're entitled to half of my net proceeds. I don't want you to get my money. You can get it when I die. Not today. <laughs> Plus, what if you just what if we get into a fight and I want to sell it and you say, no, I'm not going to sign. Then what? I'm stuck because you're literally half owner of the property. Right. Even if we're brother, sister. Mm-hmm. Even if we're mother, daughter, that happens all the time. Well, I see the siblings fight all the time. I mean, their, their parents are dead. You know, one wants to sell it. Another doesn't want to sell it. I literally sold a deal a, a few months ago where I had to talk to each sibling separately. Like, I would call the one, and the one would complain about the other one's husband, and I would call the other one. And it was like, literally, I had to put pretty much put them together. I felt bad. Like It was like, these siblings hate each other. Their parents just died. 
They're not grieving. All they worry about is fighting about the house, you know, and that's the whole scenario going on. Right. And, and it's, it's sad. It's very but sad. But when you're yeah. dealing with money, especially when somebody has died, that's a lot of times you see the worst in people. Yeah. So this Lady Bird deed is recorded at the time it's created. Correct. That doesn't put Alajori's 10 kids on title. So they're they're there as what's They'll called remaindermen. <laughs> So. <laughs> they might start claiming some. some I don't get no fu- some funds. Space. There's no five in the possible over here. This so what it basically, in layman's terms, what it states is, this is my property. I get to do whatever I want with it for my life. I can sell it. I can refinance it. I can whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. But when I die, if it still exists, if there's anything left, then it goes to. All of my so children and, so. and equal shares. What you know, however and you want to do you, it. When anybody passes away, it doesn't need to get re-recorded. No, the only thing that we record when the person passes away is their death certificate mm-hmm. and typically another affidavit that would be required. But that's it. That's right. it. Now, it's, give me an idea of since we broke down a range of how much probate cost. What does something like this cost? So that we can measure. I charge a flat fee for this. I charge $500 plus recording fees. Done. Wow. No matter the price of the home, right? It doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant. Per property. Per property. property. Right. If they have a lot of properties, you work. If it's Mm -hmm. a lot of properties, we'll talk about it. But Mm -hmm. generally speaking, most people have one home. I tell them, if you want to go through probate, and I always use just $200,000 as an example. If your property is worth $200,000. You or your family is going to pay me six grand in attorney's fees. Now, what's the the difference between like that lady word deed and putting all your homes in a trust and then giving the trust direction of what happens after you die? So a trust is also a really good tool, but most people don't need a trust because they don't have enough That's to right. have a trust. Okay. A trust, when you create it, it is going to be more expensive and it's going to depend on the complexity of the estate what you have, uh, what you're planning to do with all of your assets. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is a great tool. I'm not saying don't do a trust. It's really on an individual basis, evaluating what assets the person has and then making a decision from there. Because if you come to me and you have one property and people do, and they say, I want to do a trust, you really don't. Mm -hmm. Not always. Mm -hmm. That's not always going to make sense. So if you're going to spend thousands to create a trust for one property when this does essentially the same thing for that property, but for substantially less. And it offers the same, you know, you, you keep your homestead exemption. If you have senior citizen exemptions, it doesn't call up the loan. You know, it keeps all of the same benefits. Mm-hmm. It still protects you. Remember, homestead also protects you from creditors. So now a creditor can attach, you know, a piece of your property if you're sharing that with somebody. Got if it. you go into trust, you lose homestead. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just I'm, going no, I'm asking as a question. Not no, not, not necessarily. necessarily. Now again, a trust usually encompasses a lot of assets. So there's different ways to protect properties or whatever the assets may be. Got. It. So basically a trust is for I mean, if, if I have fifteen properties, let's say, right? Would you advise me to have a trust or to put a ladybird de- uh, deed on each of the fifteen properties? If you have 15 properties and you own them all in your individual name, no, you and I are going to have a problem. So, okay, so that's a good question. So this is for your individual name and not for a company name. The lady right, because a company has different. A company doesn't die. Got it. Got it. Now, if you do own a property in a company name, 
right? Let's say you and Kevin own an LLC together. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are certain triggers, there's certain clauses that we can include in your operating agreements that will designate what happens when somebody dies as owner of the company. So the company could involve more than one property. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a company could do a lot of things. Um, So that's another way. Okay, that's a good clarification. To plan for death Mm -hmm. in the event of an LLC. But you're not going to do a ladybird deed company to, you know, whoever your your kid, because technically the entity doesn't die. Yeah. An operating agreement would kind of lay out what happens. Exactly. After that. Me and Jory make an investment together under a corporate identity. Um, God forbid something happens to us. In our operating agreement, the best advice. I want to. We haven't. We haven't talked about this, so let's talk about this <laughs> live right now. Oh, because uh, awkward. This, this I hope is, not. No, it's awkward. No, okay. no, no. The council. No, we're gonna. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've not been retained yet. So I'm not. I can't give you hypothetically <laughs> yes. case study. We yeah, definitely. Okay, so what are some of the challenges if one of us passes away? What happens to the other person's percentage of the property, essentially, because really the the corporation is just for the property. Right. It mm-hmm. depends. And that's always the, the standard lawyer answer. But it does <laughs> depend on what you guys want to do. As long as your intentions, whatever they are, are legal. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we can account for them within the operating agreement for the most part. So sometimes people say, well, when I die, if you're married, right? When I die, I want my wife to get my shares or my husband. Um, Or you have the opportunity to buy out his heirs if Jory dies or could automatically just go to the other person. I mean, there's different ways, but it really is more of a personal decision. Which needs to be put into the operating agreement from the beginning. Definitely. Absolutely. Because someone like me with five kids and a wife, and then there's Kevin who's single with nothing, you know, with just himself. The cat. <laughs> there's different things. Like if, if I go, you know, I have way more stuff that needs to be taken care of yeah. right now. Then I would ask right. dirty joke, but we're not going to take that on the show. <laughs> we got a different show for that one. That's hey, the, well, the after-dark show. The after-dark show, show we're bringing on. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> now, let's say I obviously want his percentage to go to his family. However, truth be told, I don't want to have to deal with all the family members. In fact, I don't even want to. What if I want to sell? We know what's best for the property. But now you get someone, my exactly. wife or his wife, who doesn't even really know real estate and say, no, I don't want to sell. Mm-hmm. All that gets outlined prior to in the operating agreement. Ideally. Right. And if, you know, although you could be married to somebody today and divorce and marry somebody else next year and you might want to change things. But um, ideally, can I just put wife on the operating agreement so that it's not a specific? <laughs> it's not really a specific. It's your heirs, right? So whoever they may be, uh, you know, I can put wifey. Can I put wifey? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm retaining you like tomorrow. <laughs> you got complications, <laughs> right? Um. So we'll, you know who you marry. Right. You know, right. And I, I'm looking at Jory because I, I know. So, you know who you married, mm. you know how invested or involved they are or would want to be in your business mm. uh, now. And if you pass away. So I encourage people also 
to talk to each other. I feel like people don't do that enough. Talk to each other. Talk to your wife. Plan, you know, what what if? What if this happens? What would you want to do? What would you feel comfortable doing? Mm -hmm. So that it's not a surprise. So that way, if Jory knows his wife has a full-time corporate job, is only going to need money to feed the kids and keep the mortgage paid and all that stuff if he passes away, then maybe there's a buyout clause instead. And that would make more sense. You become 100% owner. But you've paid his wife her share in uh, in the business. Mm. So me and the wife. Gonna have Kevin, to have a conversation. Have another episode. Thinking all the crazy parts, right? So let's say there's a buyout clause, correct? But there also has to be, I guess, written in there where we have to sell at standard appraised value. To so make sure that there's no fire sale. And, yeah, yeah, fire sale. Or I'm selling to my cousin at a discount <laughs> price. Right. right. And hey, don't worry. You don't know real estate. <laughs> I got this. And the next thing you know, I really sold it at a cheap price just then, to hand over the fire. And ghost comes back to Kevin's house. <laughs> that sounds fair to me. <laughs> I can write that in the operating agreement. You're going to want, Jory's going to, his wife is, should have her own independent counsel at that point too, right? Looking out for her best oh, yeah. interests. Yeah, this gets a little tricky. We're going to make yeah, sure. I we'll mean, be fine. We'll be fine. Jackie's no, cool. no, let's talk about <laughs> that. Let's talk about it. So then, no, that at that tricky, point, yeah. you say, hey, the, each person get their own representation. That, that would be in that their best be, interest yeah. because you're trying to sell it to your cousin at a discount. So Jory's wife. His cousin. That was cousins. I always come up. His uncle does the lawn for the property management company. Book the books. His cousin's trying to buy it. You know, the straw buyer in Miami. <laughs> I got primos for primos. It's always a good idea yeah. to have somebody in your corner. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So each person gets their legal representation to make sure that an appraised value, it's being sold, that what it should be sold. And then the person can either buy the other person out or they can or decide to keep it Yeah, whatever going. you decided to do. If it's cash flowing. Yeah, it's hard to say now, you know, what would we do? What if, what if, what if? Yeah. Because we haven't You got to outline it, it though, because you yeah. don't outline yeah, it. I'm the thinking fun, about then. the cons because we can get along great. But then if we get on a plane together and don't come back because mm -hmm. the plane goes down and then you leave She's women trying to deal week, with man. it. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, women. Well, I mean, I may end up marrying a man. Who knows? So let's be politically correct. Woman or man, I guess. But just to be clear, women can handle business, too. I didn't oh, say no, they can't. Yeah, we're not saying that at all. I didn't say they can't. I am pro-female preneurs. But it just can get tricky. Leave, it can definitely get tricky. If know? we leave our women, let me clarify, our women handling it, and they've never done business together, yes. you know? Now it becomes a whole different ball game for them. It Just can. like if it was your husband and, you know, when Kevin was his wife's husband and you two had disappeared. I mean, husbands might be a little bit difficult to deal with, too. It's just spouses in general that right. aren't actually it's, it's actively people, involved. If, if you've never worked together, I mean, there's but there's a lot of different ways. Again, yeah. I mean, it's really intent to the parties matters um, what you want to have happen for your estate planning, for your children. For your business, a lot of that can be in writing, mm -hmm. um, and it, goes it can back be changed to again if it to needs like to be. Getting in business with good people, you know, like I know for a fact that we will outline all that, but I, I have faith in my brother over there that 
he makes sure yeah. y'all taken care of. You but know? I tell but people, you gotta be you're some good people. You yeah, do have sure that outline. You gotta put in line. Jackie, don't get crazy. <laughs> but I, don't worry, but Jackie, don't get crazy. <laughs> but also, you can you can have the greatest relationship in the world. Forget yeah. about dying. But when it comes to money and business, oh, it yeah. should always be written down. Yeah, I don't definitely. care. People say, well, it's my it's my son, it's my brother, it's my this, it's my I love my parents, I love my brother, I love my husband, my sister-in-law. But if anyone in that equation mm-hmm. is going to do business together, why not have it written down? It makes it easier. So there's no issue. Yeah. Okay. You can change things. So if I go into business with Kevin and our intent going in is is A, but we decide together that B makes more sense for us in that moment, then that's fine. There's not no one saying that you can't. What we are saying is you memorialize it in writing. And if there is ever a conflict or a discrepancy, you have the writing to fall back on. And that is your default. Yeah. yeah. There's too many people out there investing together in partnerships and they have zero operating agreement. They have zero. Mm-hmm. They have none. They just I open rarely, up a corporation, start I buying property. I rarely have somebody that, because I have a lot of sellers who mm. are corporations or LLCs who sell a property. And not to say it's gone sour or anything like that, but they should have an operating agreement and they don't, you know. Someone looking to get an operating agreement, right? Because they're hearing this, this uh, podcast right now. And that can tell a lot of hours. Right, depending on how like, something that we just talked about could entail a lot of time on your part, you know. So, what's the process of coming to? Hey, we just started a company, you know. Me and Kevin formed KJ LLC. You know, we need the operating operating agreement. What's the next step? So, your first consult is free. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that for anybody. <laughs> so, we do offer free consultations, um, and it's going to be a strategy planning. I, you know, you're right. It could take a lot of time. Um, I always like to say I'm fair to you and fair to me. Mm-hmm. So before we even do anything, we're going to have not an operating agreement, but a retainer agreement, which mm-hmm. is our contract with each other outlining what our responsibilities are to each other, which mm-hmm. is going to reflect payment, what it is that we're doing, all of that. Um, so it depends on everyone's needs. And sometimes it's a very simple, straightforward thing. Um, because people don't want all the bells and whistles and and that is their right. We'll advise as far as you know what we think, but ultimately it will be your choice as a customer. Unless you're doing something outrageous and then I'm just gonna tell you find somebody else. <laughs> I'm good. Not the one. <laughs> Back I'm not the one. Again. Yes. <laughs> I got a cousin for that. <laughs> we got somebody for that stuff. <laughs> um, but we'll outline everything together, plan it, and then we'll move forward in the in a way that makes sense for all of us. We we talked about the Lady Bird deed and we talked about Jay's kids. They're minors in a situation where kids are minors, what's the twist Hmm. well in general in your estate planning documents if you have minor children you should designate who you wish you know pre-need guardian um someone who would be the one to raise your kids that's your wish that is you not being able to speak for yourself Mm -hmm. because you've passed away letting the world know a judge know hey i want my sister or whoever to raise my children so that the judge can see that those are your intentions and validate it. I don't ever recommend putting a minor as a beneficiary on a deed mm-hmm. because that's just 
there's a whole host of things that can go wrong. I'm just thinking about my kids. Yeah, I don't want. I don't, there's only but, one. There's only one that might put in a deed. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them, no way. <laughs> Do you want to name names? Which ones? <laughs> they already know. <laughs> when they listen to this, they'll know. But the good thing about a ladybird deed <clears throat> is that you can change it several times. As long as you're alive, if you want to change it. You can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have Kevin today and, you know, your cousin tomorrow. So, yeah, you know, we'd have to do it over again. Recording fees, attorney's mm-hmm. fees. But you can change it however often you would like. So in a situation where you have kids that are a minor and let's say that I want my cousin to raise them. I'm doing a ladybird deed to my cousin. But does that also have an agreement that it's for my children? So if that was going to be the case. And I only had one property or two properties. Let's I mean, say. it does get a little bit more complicated, though, because of minor children. You can you can say, I want my cousin to raise him and I'm going to name my cousin on title. But then your cousin up and leaves and sells your house and, you know, leaves your kids <laughs> stranded. Right. So I wouldn't I would not advise that. Mm-hmm. But in that case, a trust might be a better tool, even though it's more expensive, more complicated, but a better tool to ensure that your children are protected. Right. So that's where a trust, a trust comes might. in versus a ladybird mm-hmm. deed. But if yeah. you have older children. If your kids are over the age of 18, they're adults. So they can be named directly. Um, they're adults. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I wanted to clarify 18 adults. Yeah. I know. Which no 18 year old, I don't think, should be able to sell and have all that money for a property. <laughs> but um, that it Technically, is. Yeah. I got a question about because, we, you know, we've used the word trust a lot. A lot of people have they, they don't know what a trust actually is. Can you kind of break down what a trust is? I know it's very different, you know, but what it is basically and what it can do for you. So I like to think of it also as an entity, almost like as if it was a company, but it's not. Um, But it's almost a. It's an entity that allows um, a lot of different things to happen with certain triggers, right? You can have yourself as a beneficiary during your life, but then that way you have control of all of your assets. But then it'll say once you pass away. Kevin is your beneficiary or whoever. You can also name things like, um, let's say you have a fund, trust fund for Mm -hmm. your children, um, but you don't want your kids to have all this money when they're 18 years old because Mm -hmm. that's probably a bad idea. Mm -hmm. You can have triggers in there. You know, they get X amount when they're 25, X amount when they're 30. Uh, can you do like X amount when they get married? Can you put stuff like that? Like, can you get that detail in Like married, they have their first kid? Like, or is it just basically by age? I mean, it it depends. You don't want to get too... Can I put uh, when the Steelers win the Super Bowl? My son gets this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get too crazy with certain things because uh, you, you you can't put every like if your kid is dating somebody that you don't like right now or they mm-hmm. date somebody outside of your religion. You can't necessarily cut them out because <laughs> of yeah. they marry that person or or they decide to go outside of the religion. So I don't want to get into all of those nitty gritties yeah. because it could it could be really hairy. Um, but you can set certain milestones. As far as like protection, let's say that not just like after death, but like as far as from lawsuits and creditors, I have I own 20 properties. Right. And I want those on the trust to protect me from you know liability. How does that work? And like what kind of what's your like preferred client says this guy, this guy, or this girl needs a trust. What do they look like? Somebody who has children is always good to have a trust and has a lot of assets. 
um, yeah, there's definitely creditor protections involved. And there's also creditor protection. That's, you know, again, going back to the company really quick and thinking of you as an investor. Mm-hmm. The LLC. Or the the L- so it's a li- it's limited liability company. It's limiting your liability. All of these things are tools to shield you. Mm-hmm. Everything. And I, I explain this with my clients with estate planning documents as well. Even the most basic ones. They're all buffers. They're all shields. Uh, because you can have the documents in place. But for example, you have a bank account. You might want to put somebody as a POD payable upon death on your bank account. Yeah, it's named in the will, but they still have to wait for a judge to sign an order allowing that person to retrieve those funds. Whereas if you have a POD, they can access Tomorrow the funds when you're dead. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't kill you for it. ATM. For all your millions. <laughs> I'll keep nothing. <laughs> or to get under your, yeah, your no mattress, cash, yeah. whatever. No They're going to have to go. Yeah, making it in my bank account. <laughs> my kids took all that. <laughs> Man, I feel like we do like seven shows over this. I do. I definitely do because there's so, I mean, just the trust and stuff. I know you, get, you can get very deep on that stuff. So, but. So basically, on the Ladybird side, I feel. It's kind of if you have one or two properties, your kids are older, you don't have a bunch of other things and you kind of want to just make it easy and save on the probate. That kind of seems like a perfect you know, way scenario. Right. And you've come to me with the intent of doing a quick claim deed and or just your basic estate planning documents because you want to get your, you okay, know, your financial and your estate planning house in order. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll always suggest it. Because, again, nobody knows about it when they just walk in. So I like to educate about it. And um, and then they can make that decision. But generally speaking, that's what they want to do. And you said, like, Florida is one of the few states that actually does a ladybird deed. So I have homes in Pennsylvania. Let's say I have a home in Pennsylvania, one house, where it's a vacation house. Um, you probably you might not know. But what is a good option if that if that's not there? You would have to speak with a Pennsylvania licensed attorney. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I can't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every I state is going to be different. Yeah, but you get to, if you're listening to the show, you're in another state, you which we have this. a lot of people that are in other states listening. Take this option to them and they'll have an alternative. And ask them, hey, do you have something like this that I can use right. in my state? Right. And if it's something that's other than your homestead property, maybe creating an LLC would be the right thing for them if they if, if a trust isn't the right vehicle. They're tools. All of these things are tools to protect your assets, um, minimize your liability, mm-hmm. minimize your tax implications as well, mm-hmm. um, protect your family. So there's different tools that should be used in different situations. Here in Florida, if we buy a property under the company name, does every owner of the company need to sign off when it's time to sell or do anything with the property or the company representative can handle everything? Well, it depends. Did you do an operating agreement? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have an operating agreement, then I will require at the very least um, an affidavit signed by everyone and uh, the equivalent of an LLC power of attorney to allow the representative to sign. That's covering everybody's butt to make sure that right, no including my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't want hey, Kevin to have sign property. property. I know Kevin about that house. I come to you like, hey, Kevin can't sign on the house without me. So, right. got it. Right, and of course, notarized documents, making sure you know everyone. But the key is to have an operating agreement that outlines 
what we say can happen as far as when, right. we, buy a, when we purchase a house. Right, because an we'll operating sell. agreement, as you guys know, involves a lot more than just what's going to happen when you die. It's also yeah. who's going to, again, I know we're talking about property, but a company, is a, it, could be, it could function as a regular company, a day-to-day operations. Who's allowed to make those decisions? If there's a big decision to be made, does it need to be a unanimous vote? Does it need to be a majority? Does one person have all the power? Um, how you know what? How are the shares? If their shares mm-hmm. divided up, and who gets to sign if you're going to to sell or convey any of the assets? Awesome, smart money life segment. You ready? You ready for? I don't, am I ready? <laughs> I don't know. There goes a surprise. <laughs> See your face. She was like, <laughs> "We got a couple questions for you. Okay. Very basic, nothing crazy, but we didn't want to prep you. We want to just. I know you're you very surprise. adamant about not prepping. Yeah, yeah, no, we like it raw. We, like it <laughs> we don't like no rehearsals. All right, if you can go back and start broke again, by the way. Go back in time, day one, what would you do? Differently? Yeah. Well, just not necessarily differently, but let's say we'll take you back to 10 years. And Kendall again. And Kendall in the backwoods. (laughs) Get your go-kart stolen. And broke from day one knowing, uh, you know, everything that you know now. What would you do? What would I do? Um, you know, the first thing, honestly, that comes to mind, and I don't know if anyone that listens to this would benefit <laughs> from this, because it doesn't really have to do with uh, real estate. We have a very wide range of listeners. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're eclectic, so we'll take it on. <laughs> Ten years ago, I would have gone to a cheaper law school. Really? Wow. That's definitely relevant okay. to this content. Yeah. yeah. Student loans are Killing real. The game. They are. I, uh, you know. I'm happy with where I am in my life. I've had my own practice for six years. I do well. I'm experienced in real estate. You know, my husband and I do invest as well. But student loans are still very real in our life for me. Mm-hmm. I would it's go. another mortgage. It is Let me ask mortgage. that because, because the actual degree, it's, it doesn't, the school doesn't matter as much as you thought it did. So it depends on what somebody wants to do with your your law degree. I always knew from day one that eventually I wanted to work for myself. So do I care where my law exactly. degree comes from? Not really. I mean, people come and they see, you know, where I went to school. Oh, you know, you're Kane, the you, which I, I had a great education, the a great you. experience. <laughs> <laughs> but... In the big picture, you could have been... In the big picture, you could have been having I don't think it would have made a difference for me gotcha. personally. Um, and I also probably would have tried to start investing earlier and also saving for retirement. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that um, kids, mm-hmm. you know, 18 years old, if if I have kids, even though, you know, cash is king and we want to invest and we want to have uh, cash flows. <laughs> we say cash flows king around here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to have that passive income, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we want to have rental properties, which is great. But also, you never know what's going to happen. We saw when the market crashed. We saw a lot of people who were smart investors lose a lot. So even though also a retirement account, you know, you could lose a lot that way, too. If I have kids when they turn 18, I want to at least start putting away little by little for them and have them also start that for themselves and just start the practice. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. It's a habit. You need to get into the habit young. 
Make sure you're not spending all your money. Latinas definitely. Yeah, don't spend all your money. Definitely good information for everyone out there. Biggest mistake. That one big mistake. I don't know if this is the same. Yeah, it might be the same. (laughs) Is law school, do you feel the cost of law school and picking that law school was the biggest mistake? If you can go back and change something. Biggest mistake. You know, and it's this baby cliche, but. You learn from your mistakes. Yes, and yes. I think that's the most important thing is that you take something away from it mm-hmm. and you don't do it again. So I can't really say that I regret my mistakes in the past. Um, I think they're all a learning experience. But I guess if I had to pick one, I would have gone FIU. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. That's- <laughs> Save 100K right off the top. One more. Hey, there's a lot of FIU alumni around here too. No, so. and let me tell you, FIU has has blown up. No, no, when I yeah. started, it was their first year. Okay, wow. So it was a little different, but man, they—I don't know if you pay attention, but they have the highest in the state of bar pass rates mm-hmm. year over year. It's FIU's, really impressive. That's you, and it's very, very inexpensive too. It's inexpensive, especially if you're in state. Yeah. Extremely expensive. I went to FIU. I want my kids to go to FIU now that I think about it. I went to FIU. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with vocations either. Trades. No, I mean, that's the big thing. Nowadays, it is. Like, we we talk about it a lot. Like, a trade is amazing. You know, we we ran away from trades for so long. Like, our generation was like, you had to go to college. You had to. Yeah. Especially if you're a kid of of immigrant parents. Or or first-time generation. parents, too. I was talking the same thing. College, 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 you know. Me, too. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time. You know, I'm not going to force you to go there. If you say, hey, I want to do this, and it's a trade. My, my oldest son graduated high school. He's a mechanic. You know, he went into that. He did mechanic and Voltec in high school. You know, that was perfect, perfect lane for him. You know, so it depends on what you're doing. You can waste a lot. I wasted a lot of money in college. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it. You already know? did 10 years in Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> Came out with 20 kids. <laughs> uh, currently, right now, today, What's your top investment goal priority? Where Where's your head at when it comes to investing? Well, we just um, invested in a, in a second home slash rental property. So that um, that's local. I mean, in, and actually in Sebring, okay. which surprisingly, I mean, not surprisingly, but it's much lower price area. It's more of a slower mm-hmm. market, but a lot of snowbirds, mm-hmm. um, short term rentals and things like that. So we're looking into that. Um but my my next goal, I work with a lot of wholesale investors. I know it inside and out. I know um, how to do it, how to do it correctly, how to do it quickly, because I do it from the title perspective. So mm-hmm. I also know all the legalities of it. So that would be my next goal. My obstacle with that is just time. Most of those people, that's you know, that's what you do for a living. It is. Where mm-hmm. I, I do run a practice. So take some time. Yeah. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Top tool right now that you're absolutely crazy about it could be an app it could be a software something that you use that creates easiness in your life right now yeah this one for me is is for me easy or easy for others no for either one okay uh i love right now it's called it's a company that i use called digital closing package it's amazing Mm -hmm. it's amazing for buyers sellers realtors lenders and myself so what it is, is uh, at closing, as opposed to giving buyer and sellers a stack of paper for all of their closing documents or emailing it because we have issues, not me personally, but the industry with um, hackers yeah. and people who are able to get other people's private information and use that. Um, we use digital closing package, which gives somebody 
a tangible tool. It looks like a key, but it's a flash drive. They put that into their USB port. It takes them to a secure cyber portal and all of their documents are stored there from mm. now until forever. Wow. But the and everyone loves it because it's look, it's green. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not printing mm-hmm. out, I'm not killing more trees. Um, it's more techy. Most people, unless I've had one person who was probably in her 90s that said, no, I don't want it. Give me the paper. <laughs> Give me the paper. Now, can but you put multiple, else? multiple closings on that key? Yes. Okay. What if you lose the key? <clears throat> it doesn't matter. You can just log into oh, the okay. account. Oh, but the okay. key is to just give you something, something tangible. Cool. Yeah. Plus, it's a flash drive. You can put whatever you yeah. want on it. But So it's really cool for my buyers and sellers that way. But it's also really cool for my realtors, lenders, and myself. Because what they do is, you know, your number one as a realtor or lender is, is referrals. That's mm-hmm. what you want. But it's hard to be after people after a transaction closes and stay top of mind with them. Mm-hmm. Because... You need to find new business. Somebody yeah. who just bought or sold might not really be in the market to do so for a few years from now. So <coughs> it fades away. You forget and they forget. But if you were able to stay top of mind, mm-hmm. you're a lot more likely to get referrals. So what this product also does is every time they log in, they see my contact information um, so they know how to reach me. They have the lender's picture and contact info and the realtor's picture and contact info. So they'll never forget, even if they lose your card. But the other really cool part of it is every year they'll send seven to nine content based emails. So happy anniversary of your buying your new home. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, don't forget about your homestead exemption filing. Oh, nice. And other just market industry That's nice. content emails. And it looks like it comes from all of us, from me as the title agent, the lender and the realtor. So it's just it's a free way. It's free marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Post marketing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What's it called again? Digital Closing Package. Nice. Um, all right. This is Joey's favorite. What's your disconnect method? <laughs> Away from business. When you turn it all off. Do we ever go-to? turn it all off? I was going to say, when I disconnect, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> A the couple of things. Um, we, my husband and I, we like to travel as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not for a long time, because, you know, we do have to come back. We like to pick a city, go for a long weekend and just explore as much as we can in a new city. But my, you know, I'm going home and I just need to disconnect. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For fun. Um, I mean, I'll read business books sometimes, too, but. You read like novels and stuff? Like, yeah. Okay. Since I was a little kid, I've read, I've probably read thousands of books. I'm in no, a book club. I know I'm super nerdy. Um, but no, I love, love it. And I that, love book clubs. I don't read novels though. I've always had a hard time reading like novels, but so that's that's pretty good. That's the one cool way that that I can you completely can shut off everything else around me. Have that's you read that. The Alchemist? I haven't read novels. Oh man. No. no. Have you? Years ago. Years ago. Dude. Dude, the last best. novel I read was um Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh my goodness. <laughs> When you were 12? <laughs> that tells you. I read a lot. The, the last grade. novel I read was... <laughs> Listen, try the Alchemist. Ex- great Expectations, the last one. Alchemist. <laughs> try the Alchemist because it's a great story, but it's definitely like related to growth and perspective. And I'll check that out. It's got a great thing. We should read it together. A new book club. Shut up in the best book club. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. down. But um, not where the red fern grows, though. <laughs> no, the alchemist. No, no, no. Oh, you read it before? A long like time. Oh, okay. I'll reread but that, that one. Author has got a bunch of good ones. I don't okay. know how much you've read his stuff, but he's awesome. He's one of my favorite 
Um, cool city that you just recently explored. Cool city that I recently explored. Uh, the most recent place we went was Philly, which is pretty Philly. cool. Nope, um, and DC. Did you do the Rocky bit. thing? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> do you have we a went, picture? Yeah, they're somewhere. Yeah, but of course we do the Rocky steps. <laughs> we gotta make that the YouTube thumbnail. And everyone is there doing those oh, pictures know, yeah. of the Rocky yeah. steps. I'm from Pennsylvania. I've been to Philly a lot of this. You How'd you like it? It was good. <clears throat> yeah, we had a good time. It was fun. Where we, were you there recently? Um. That was February. Okay. Yeah. It's a really cool city. There's so much history. It's like the yeah. oldest city in America. There's yeah. so much history there. I've been there. In Philadelphia. What do you, what do you think about their cheesesteaks? Well, I love I love their cheesesteaks, but being that I don't eat meat anymore, I can't eat them. Okay. But um, oh. they are the most amazing cheesesteaks yeah, in the world. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> True story. Yeah. They were good. Mm-hmm. Gino's or... We actually went to Sunny's. Sunny's. Well, we went to Gino's also, but we like Sunny's best. Yeah. Don't talk about cheese steaks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving up. Pain Columbia steaks calling me. I'm about to go get a Pain Columbia steak. <laughs> I think we're good, man. Killer show. Definitely. I appreciate you coming on. A lot of good information. We're going to bring you, you back on because we want to talk more about in-depth different things like the trust and how to use that for, as an investing um, and tie those two things together. And we got a lot of stuff we could talk about. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. First of many. I'll be here. How can somebody reach out and connect with you. Definitely. So uh, you're welcome to give us a call. The main office number is 754-209-7766. Or you could always email us. The best email is closings with an S at the end. At Estevez. That's E-S-T-E-V-E-Z. Lawgroup.com. So Estevez like That's Emilio like Estevez. Emilio. Emilio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's starting to be where people don't know who he is anymore. Really? Younger people. So I'm losing. You get Emilio more than Gloria? That's Estefan. So, yeah. Oh, what am I thinking about? Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Get your Miami <laughs> game on point, bro. Sorry, man. Sorry, Get your Gloria. Miami Sorry. game on point. <laughs> no, I know. I just got to. So gotta reach out to us there. Uh, we have an office in Hollywood, just off of Hollywood Boulevard. Well, we're on Hollywood Boulevard, just west of I-95. And we also have an office in Doral. So if you're unwilling to cross the county line, <laughs> then I'll see you in Doral. But you do all of Florida? All of Florida. We transact all throughout Florida. Uh, our main focus is the tri-county area. We do mobile closings as well. Okay. I just had two in Tampa. And they yeah, went I do a lot perfectly. on the west side, too. We're always looking for title companies or, or um, attorneys. So yep. I'll contact you for I'm that. I'm there. I'm everywhere. We're a bilingual office. So English and Spanish, no problem. Um and anyone else, I'll get a translator. <laughs> I was about to say, there's some other languages down here. <laughs> Are you on IG? I'm on Instagram at Estevez Law Group. Uh, you could also find our Facebook page, Estevez Law Group, and our website. We have a pretty good online presence. We even have a chat feature in our uh, website. So if you have a question or you're interested in contacting us, but it's after hours, mm-hmm. you could reach out through the chat feature at EstevezLawGroup.com, and it'll come to us, and we'll reach out to you directly. Got it. Money in the bank. Got it. Make sure you guys reach out if you have any kind of legal questions, especially in Florida. You know, if you're in Florida, I still relate you to another one in a different state. <laughs> if you're in a different state, they have to call my PA lawyer. But if you're in Florida, reach out because I know, like you said, a lot of people are, act, are they're busy investing without the right protection behind them. Right? right. And I know for myself with a lot of kids and a wife, it's selfish for me to do that without having the protections and that stuff outlined there. So let's be responsible investors and reach out and get that stuff in order. Amen. Yep. And, uh, you know, spend a little bit of money now. It's going to save you a lot of money in the future. Definitely. 
<laughs> we are out. <laughs> Shut up in the vest. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, get active and don't forget to shut up and invest. <laughs>